Hello. So today we're going to talk about relational trauma and attachment styles. So relational trauma is trauma that occurs in the context of a relationship. Either something that happened or did not happen to the client that has caused him or her harm. This trauma could stem from the treatment of a mother, father, siblings, other relatives, caretakers, or other significant relationships. The form of trauma might involve physical, sexual, or emotional abuse, neglect, abandonment, lack of mirroring and attunement, unconscious absorption of parents' traumas, early loss of a parent or caretaker, parents' mental health or physical illness, or drug and alcohol abuse. The trauma could also include a parent's lack of response to an abusive situation, such as in the case of someone whose mother did not protect her from her father who was sexually abusing her. There are many ways that a person can experience trauma from a relationship, be it a large T or a small T trauma, which will affect how a person may view themselves and their relationships. So now we're going to talk about attachment styles. Mary Main in 1992 developed the adult attachment interview, which we call the AAI as a way to characterize the attachment styles of adults. These styles reflect the way the mind over time has created a kind of template. People don't often fit neatly into one of these categories and may have some elements of several of them as children often have relationships with different caretakers who have different styles of attachment. Even though there may have been several different caregivers, it appears that in adolescence, the brain integrates this information and develops a style of relating. The attachment styles reflect an implicit right brain organization of neural networks. Patterns of emotional responses body sensations, and the beliefs associated with them operate beneath unconscious awareness. These patterns develop through relationships with significant caregivers in early life, can be altered and changed through adapted healing relationships in later life in a process called earned secure attachment. So. As we discussed in the other videos, how a person attaches with his or her biological mother in infancy has a tremendous effect on how we relate to other people in our adulthoods. So a secure attachment 
happens when a person is able to integrate their past experiences with their present circumstances and their future aspirations and they have made sense of their life histories. Even if they did not have a healthy attachment in childhood, a secure attachment can be earned. Earned security is developed in adulthood via therapy or a healing relationship. So, if a person had an insecure attachment, they can eventually obtain a secure attachment and usually that takes place in in therapy. It has to be taught. Then there's the avoidant and dismissing attachment where a person learned to give up and take care of themselves. They believe that they cannot depend on humans to meet their needs. These, these people avoid relationships but may also desire them. They are not connected to their emotions or to their bodies and are therefore cut off from themselves and others. They typically don't recall their childhoods except in the most fact-based manner and linear left-brain recollections devoid of emotional content. These people have very little right-brain activity and do not perceive non-verbal signals from others. They rely on logical analysis and engage in little self-reflection. So avoidant, people who have the avoidant attachment style really have difficulties maintaining relationships. They may want relationships, but they just can't maintain them. For whatever reason. Then there's the ambivalent and preoccupied attachment. And these are people who had parents who were inconsistent and unavailable. So they have anxiety about whether or not the other is available. In some cases, their parents were very intrusive. In other cases, they have a desperate need for the other. And at the same time, they fear that their needs can never be met in relationships or that they will be, quote, taken over by the other. They have an overactive right hemisphere and have difficulty soothing. They may feel shame that there is something wrong with them because their needs were not met consistently. Then there's the disorganized and unresolved trauma or loss. And these are people who had parents or caregivers whose behavior was overwhelming, frightening, and chaotic. They therefore suffered from significant childhood traumas, including physical or sexual abuse and or loss, which has caused internal fragmentation and disconnection from themselves and others. They may have flashbacks, which again, PTSD, frightening body memories, problems with social communication, and problems with reasoning because the left hemisphere of their brain is offline and they disassociate. 
Their unresolved, unprocessed traumas leave their memories, emotions, and body sensations in an unintegrated and chaotic state. When a parent is abusive or frightening, it creates a state of disorganization and disrupts the safety of attachment to that person for the child. So that's when dysregulation takes place, which is an inability to manage an emotional balance and maintain connection to other, other people. The child emphatically becomes dysregulated as he or she both attunes to the parent's state and continues to experience his or her own fear. These fe feelings are difficult to resolve, which creates a state of inner chaos. So in the last, in the last recording, I talked about doing a grounding exercise um, to help folks be able to emotionally regulate themselves when they feel dysregulated or off balance. I decided to talk about attachment styles and relational trauma before introducing that grounding exercise. So for the next recording or on my next podcast, I will introduce you to a grounding exercise for disorganized attachment. I look forward to seeing you then. Bye.